The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week. Hello and welcome to the KM Community Podcast. I'm your host Oliver Kemp and I'll be bringing you the stories that matter at the heart of communities across the county. If you have a story you think needs to be told, just use the hashtag KM Community on social media or you can email me on okemp at the kmgroup.co.uk. This week, podcasting is fast becoming a preferred medium for many people across the country to get their news and entertainment. Recent Ofcom figures suggest around 7.1 million people in the UK listen to podcasts each week. The topics are varied, everything from politics to music and science. One person has taken it upon themselves to use the podcasting medium to talk about mental health. Why the Long Face is a podcast trying to shine a light on mental health. And today I'm joined by one of its co-hosts, Oliver Turnbull. The KM Community Podcast. Oliver Turnbull, welcome to the KM Community Podcast. Thank you, Oliver. It's great to be here. Slightly confusing, because not only are we here talking about a podcast on a podcast, but there's also two Olivers. Yeah, I know. That should confuse uh, 95 to 98% of people listening, I'd imagine. In- including me, as yeah. one of the Olivers. We, did you, we could do nicknames. We could, couldn't we? But Young I've Oliver only, and... I only feel like that's going to confuse the situation even more. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so so let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's give uh, some credit to the people <laughs> listening that they might understand what's going on. So you're here to talk about um, your podcast, Why the Long Face. Yes. I'm really interested from a number of different perspectives, one of them being mental health, I think, is a topic we need to talk about more. And podcasting, being the fact that I host this podcast, I think podcast is such a fascinating medium to talk about different topics. So I think we've got a, to, to, between the two of those things, loads of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to start off with why you wanted to start this off in the first place because you're not a mental health expert by trade are you no i'm a um a digital it consultant by trade and have been for many years um so absolutely nothing to do with mental health i mean there's a few reasons so uh my friend dr paul keedwell with whom we with whom i do the podcast is a friend we've known each other about 35 years uh and when you've known someone for that long uh we have a lot of fun together we've done some boozing together <laughs> uh, and we've always wanted to do something creative together because he's a kind of creative guy and and i have been in the past i've i did student radio Oliver but nothing nothing quite as fancy as this so I know a little bit about what's going on and those slidey things I understand what they mean um I've always wanted to do something with him. He wanted to do radio, and I found radio a bit restricting and structured. And um, him being a psychiatrist, and I did have an interest in mental health, in that when I was younger, maybe in my teens and 20s, I I now realise I suffered quite a lot from anxiety. I now realise what it was, and in the 80s, you didn't really talk about it as much as you do now. Um, And I I, I come to realise now that I probably suffered quite a lot more than I needed to have um, had I known about what I was going through. I mean, it wasn't really debilitating, but it was it was quite quite um, marked in the way that it it it, uh, it blighted my life slightly for a few years, O levels, A levels, and the, and the beginning of university. And now I understand a lot more about what it is, and I've seen a lot of people in my work because I work in quite a stressed um, environment, and I've seen a lot of young guys and, and women, uh, although it's rather male dominated, sadly, um, start to suffer in my, from what I can detect, um, a little bit of that uh, the stress induced anxiety. So I got more and more in, in, in interested as I've as I've got more and more experience in in mentoring and, and running teams, and I thought uh, maybe a good outlet for that creative impulse with with Paul would be for for a, for us to do a, a podcast about about mental health um, what it means what the symptoms are what you can do if you think you're suffering or indeed if um, there is someone that you care for I'm um, suffering from 
uh, mental health issues. And he was up for that. And it coincided nicely with this new medium of podcast, which you've embraced clearly um, uh, far more than I have. But in, in, in my own way, I've, I've discovered what a, a brilliant way it is for you to be able to do communication to very mm. communicate and how um, as we've been saying before it's almost a completely different medium from radio in the sense that it's unrestricted um, you said before uh, that it's you can be more like a friend on a on a podcast and you're, you're not restricted by you know having to cut it short to go to the news you can it can be as long as you like um, any subject you like and it's completely democratic in the sense that if you put content out there if it's good and or relevant um, People will find it, hopefully, uh, sometimes with a bit of encouragement, and people will listen, and your podcast will thrive if it's if it's serving a purpose. So for so for all those reasons, um, that's why we that's why we started. Mm. And going back to that a little bit about um, anxiety, which you suffered from when you were younger, I feel like anxiety is one of those areas of mental health where people, a lot of people, experience it, and they maybe don't know how to talk about it because it's not it's not as easily diagnosed and it, and and you can you can experience it in different levels as well uh, absolutely 100% agree if you break your leg we we've got a name for it broken leg and it's fairly obvious you're you're screaming and everyone has a load of sympathy uh, with you um, it's healed if you break your mind or you have a bruised mind it's it's like you say it's it's far harder to understand what's going on and it's far harder to diagnose and it's far harder to uh, understand how, how maybe you can and maybe you can help so it's yeah it's very uh, difficult to put your hand, hand on a very slippery uh, concept mental health particularly with with regard to anxiety um but that that doesn't that, that isn't to say that you can't uh, you, you you can't understand what the symptoms are and um and how you will be able to uh, detect that someone's suffering potentially, and the questions to ask um, someone you think might be might be suffering without without being too intrusive. Um, so, uh, but you're right; it is it's much more of a slippery concept than physical illness, but but no less real. Particularly, I think these days when I I see how competitive. Um, it is to get it into higher education, how competitive it is, even with a very good degree, to get uh, a good job. And I just feel the pressure that uh, young people are, are under these days is, a, is a, an absolute um, petri dish, if you like, uh, to for the development of um, mental health issues, starting with um, anxiety, which can lead to other things such as depression, addiction, alcoholism, and even worse. Uh, and so, I forgot what the question was, Oliver. Actually, I think we, it was no. I, I mean, so <laughs> we, we've we've got so many things to talk about that it's difficult to to, to sort of pare it down to one little thing, isn't it? But I mean, <clears throat> just sort of changing tack very slightly. If you suffer from anxiety when you were younger, what were the kind of methods that you employed to try and get out of that? Or did it just not sort of naturally happen? Because it can just naturally improve, I suppose, the circumstances. Yeah, so I had treatment as a very young kid because um, as a very young kid, I couldn't sleep and I worried all the time. And I remember my mum, who's a lovely, wonderful woman, uh, 90 this year and absolutely fantastic. And she didn't understand it. She's not a worrier. She's a very practical uh, uh, woman and uh, but, but very kind and 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 uh, I, I know I felt very much cared for by her and a, a typical nurturing mother but you didn't really understand what it was all about it was all about Oliver didn't have a worry he just worries a lot why you worry why are you worrying about all these things and they did take me to a child psychiatrist actually who was very old-fashioned to the point of actually I think having spectacles on the end of his nose and it was very old school and Victorian and stiff up a lip Oliver and um, you know try not to be um, try not to get too worked up about things old chap you know things will be fine uh, which was sort of reassuring in an old-style Victorian patriarchal way, but it, it obviously didn't really get to the 
than the issue. And I think I think I might have been given Valium or something, which uh, was slightly extreme for a child. Um, but no, it was it was over time. It was something. And the other thing that, of course, my mother would always say is, "You'll grow out of it eventually, Oliver. Don't worry. You'll grow out of this worrying thing." And I didn't really until until it was in my twenties. And I think I probably discovered coping mechanisms. And um, one of the thing about anxiety and panic, which I peripherally suffered from so I can understand what it's like to have that panic attack that people describe the shortness of breath and the sweating and the thinking that you you may be losing your mind or whatever and I've learned to sort of work through those feelings in fact to be honest uh, I, I welcome them in like a like an old friend now. So I had to run a workshop today as part of my my job, and I walked into the workshop with uh, my colleague, and we had a hell of a lot to do with preparation. And I just had this wave of panic came over me, um, and uh, thinking I can never get through this three hours. It's far too much stress. I've got to get home. I've got to go meet Oliver tonight, and it's just too much. And it's just it's just part of my thinking pattern now. And I just compartmentalise it. Say no, you're panicking because you're stressed, and you're panicking because uh, you're going to have to perform uh, to these business people uh, in about 35 minutes and you're not quite prepared enough and you'll get through it somehow and it'll be good or it'll be very good or even it's bad, you know, no one's going to die and just talk myself down like that. And I guess it's those kind of um, cognitive distortions, they call them, and you'll you'll know this, no doubt, that um, I've learned sort of by myself and self-training to to counteract with with logic and practical thinking. And having studied now... um, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, CBT. I understand now that that's uh, similar techniques that psychologists use uh, when they're trying to get an anxious patient to understand what they're going through, to demystify what they're going through, and ultimately um, put in thinking strategies to, uh, to to minimize the effect and to not exactly cure them, but for the for them to understand how to get back on an even keel from from getting into that from from that stress situation. So from those experiences, from and, and realizing yourself that you have coping strategies, and and it's about understanding what you're going through a little bit more that sounds like that 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 may be sort of the impetus for for doing a podcast where you're almost a reassuring voice to people to have conversations about mental health and and, and why people might feel certain ways so that's a that's a brilliant point so my my the, the 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 thing I was thinking of when I started the podcast was, A, I want to do something creative with my friend Paul, who, by the way, had helped me through these anxious times when we were both in our early 20s. And it was to imagine the person who's on the sofa, who's just called in sick from work because they can't face it. They've dragged themselves to the sofa to watch daytime TV or um, cricket or whatever's on, and they just don't know what's happening to them. And they find our podcast and they hear a reassuring voice um, saying, what you're going through does not mean you're insane. It doesn't mean you're bad. It means you're probably suffering from anxiety with a, with a touch of depression. It's, it's not normal, but it's a normal brain response to the stress that you've been under, probably. And you 100% can get out of this. It's 100%... Um, understandable what you're going through and there are ways that make that can make you feel better some of them without uses of, of medication and it was that person who's on the sofa that uh, I'm thinking of when when sometimes we we talk about um, uh, things to do when you find yourself in that situation and indeed people have got into contact with uh, me and Paul um, sometimes it's friends of friends um, sometimes it's people who've seen the podcast because we put it on our Facebook page and said, uh, remember me from 10 years ago. Um, I was that guy on the sofa and, you know, this podcast would have really helped me. And in fact, one of my colleagues from about 15 years ago, I'm meeting up with this summer because he's one of the people that you'd least likely to expect to suffer from anxiety. And yet he did. 
and he, the podcast has helped him. Some of the things we've um, heard from him in his emails we've used on the podcast, and that's exactly exactly why I did it. I'm having fun with Paul because we're having a laugh at the same time, a couple of drinks after if it's a good podcast, uh, <laughs> and we're producing content which I really hope can help people. And 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 I think that's uh, what I really like about podcasts is it it can be conversational and and and, and informative at the same time. And yeah. and and mental health, I mean. As someone who works in the, in, the, in the news industry, we talk about mental health more and more, but there's still more that we could be doing, I think, all the time to be talking about it and, and utilising different mediums to do that. Because, I mean, your, your podcast, you, it, it's quite ambitious because you talk about a lot of different topics, don't you? That, that you, you just go through, there's, there's been, what, two seasons so far? Yeah, we just, uh, what do you say? What's the right word for putting out a podcast? Did you say putting out? There must be some trending. Released, I suppose. Released, lovely. Yeah, we'll go yeah, with that released. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, we've released, uh, there must be an even trendier word. We, we, I don't know. Dropped, don't know. dropped is a good L- one. That's it. Like a a mixtape. Perfect. Yeah, we uh, we can cut all that bit out and it'll be just like, I know what the cool phrase is. It's not going to happen, but... Okay, (laughs) you're in control of all this. Yeah, yeah, we dropped dropped the last episode of season two, which was about... um, uh, which was about um, exercise and how that can help you with um, your mental health. But season one concentrated on anxiety and depression. And then season two, uh, Paul really wanted to broaden the scope a little bit to um, other aspects of mental health. So we've talked about uh, narcissism, uh, narcissistic personality disorder, um, the issues facing transgender people and their mental health, uh, microdosing uh, for the treatment of depression and microdosing on hallucinogenics, a burnout, which is one of my favourite ones that I wanted to do because I see it all the time at work, uh, ketamine, a biophilia, which is uh, um, uh, immersing yourself in nature uh, to raise your mood, etc., um, etc. Et oh, we talked. We did one about the spectrum as well. You know, people are always talking about being on the spectrum. We talked about OCD earlier. Uh, what does actually mean and that was fascinating and Paul had loads of stuff to say about that um, so uh, slightly more broader topics and in season three we're not quite sure what we're going to do but we think we're going to open it up so we can have uh, more specific expertise on the podcast so uh, we'll open it up to other, other experts to talk about what different, different yeah, facets I've met a couple of people through the podcast uh, one is an artist and she's passionate about um, I suppose what you'd call art therapy um, and I'm very excited about that and a friend of a friend is a trauma specialist so he actually goes into war zones to treat people who are suffering from acute traumatic and post-traumatic stress disorder and and, and anxiety and so we're going to get uh, him in he's a fantastic bloke and he's going to be great podcast he's, he's very funny as well um, and we have a laugh um, which some people think is unusual. They think, well, you're talking about depression and anxiety. That's not very funny. So isn't it a bit irreverent, if you like, to uh, not make fun of it, but have a joke at the same time? And I disagree uh, very much. I've listened to some depression podcasts, which are very good, but they're, they can be quite... Um, some can be academic. Some can be telling horrific stories, which is certainly worth listening to, but it's not what we're about. Um we're more about destigmatizing and de- de- demystifying. What I'd like is if you, I know, I, I could say, I haven't seen you for a while, Oliver. How are you? By the way, how's your mental health? How's your anxiety? And it'd be a perfectly normal thing to say, like, you know, how's your diabetes or how's your sciatica? And you go, oh, my sciatica's fine. Anxiety, not bad, actually. I had a couple of attacks last week, but um, I, I, I used this method for calming myself down. It was really good. And I'm seeing it in the new generation. So my, my son is 21. He's had maybe some anxious issues, probably my fault um, for, for putting them on him, a la Philip Larkin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but he talks openly to his friends about their issues and his. And it's completely different from what I was doing at university. I was 
concentrating on radio, um, uh, trying to learn how to, to write comedy and uh, drinking. Uh, and, and the idea of saying to Steve, who was my closest mate, Steve, how, how's, how's your anxiety, how's your mental health? It's complete anathema to us at this point. It would be... So I think we're heading in the right direction. Your point about doing more is is great. Now I bring up one anecdote actually because you, you work in media and, and and you might imagine that's an area where people are are quite open to uh, mental health and talking about it. But I went as part of my job to a utilities company, an electric company, uh, which you would think is quite dull, and you'd be right, because it is quite dull. <laughs> what they're trying to do with uh, uh, digital technology is quite interesting. But anyway, that wasn't the point. The point was, on one wall, and it filled nearly a wall, was, a, was about 40 faces. And what it said at the top of uh, the poster was, these are your mental health first aiders. And I looked across the demographic of the people on there, and they ran the gamut. So every race seemed to be represented, a good balance of men and women, young and old. And there was a couple of faces on there that I thought, if I was really in trouble at work, uh, panicking or felt I couldn't cope, those are the, those are the three people I would I'd go to him, her, and possibly her, because they look, they look the kind of person I could approach. And I thought, what a forward-thinking um, uh, uh, um, uh, program f- for for a company that you wouldn't e- wouldn't expect to to be so forward um, thinking. So I was really impressed by that. I better not name who it was, but I was really impressed that uh, an old fashioned company, utilities company, right, not the most dynamic and and forward thinking you might imagine, had this initiative in place. And uh, uh, yeah, it was just like uh, uh, you know, things are moving on. I mean, when I started working, I started working in 1987, and my boss the first day said. You know nothing. He's from Manchester. You know nothing about work. You know absolutely. I won't say the actual word he said, but he, he meant very little <laughs> to nothing. Uh, and that was his introduction. That was my introduction to the workspace. If I'd come to him and said, "Alan, um, I think I might be a little depressed," he would have laughed in my face. Horrible bloke he was. Um, and so, how far have we come in thirty years? A long way, I think. But your point, uh, yeah, further to go potentially. And you think that 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 utilities company that was an example, you think more places and more industries could could take that as an example and maybe think about, you know, we we talk about first aiders at work. We talk about maybe we talk about having more mental health mentors or people that you can talk to about anxiety. I mean, because burnout's an interesting one. Oh, yeah. You talk about working up in London, stressful environment. Burnout must be something that people experience all the time. And I mean, I've had friends um mid 20s you get to that point where you've worked in the professional industry for a few years and you start to really hit this wall and it's hard to explain it and you think well what's wrong with me yeah but it's actually a thing that a lot of people are experiencing yeah and it's not what's wrong with you it's your brain is trying to tell you something and it's telling you you're doing the wrong thing it's telling you you're exhausted um it's telling you you're unfulfilled it's probably telling you something and i don't want to get too uh freud about this and by the way we've got a short episode on freud uh, which is very rude and very silly and has um, rude words in it but it's quite funny so um, if you want an idea of how silly we can get as two men in their mid 50s, uh, me and Paul <laughs> try the Freud episode um, but yeah, it's a perfectly normal reaction I'm talking to a guy at, at work um, and he's going through a hard time performance wise and I just said to him the other day I just said, by the way, how's your mental health and it, it felt like the wrong thing to say because I'm his assessor and it's a formal it's a formal relationship, and it's not on the evaluation form. Hey, perhaps it should be, mm. you know? Um, how much did you bill? How much did you sell? How is your mental health? Uh, but but it isn't. And so I asked him anyway, and I didn't get a reply that made me feel happy about him. 
if the truth be told. Um, but yeah, the idea of doing that when I started. Imagine, I just imagine now Alan's little face, a horrible little porky Mancunian he was. Had I, had I ever said that I think, Alan, I'm having issues with my mental health, he would have, yeah. The, the, the response would have been blue, as my yeah. mother would say. You've painted a real picture there of Alan oh, back Oliver, in the day. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. He was like, he was like the, the great thing he did for me, and thank you, Alan, if you're listening, and uh, is uh, no boss has ever been as bad as that since. So maybe I need you toughening up, Oliver. You know what it's like when you graduate, you're a bit soft. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely did that. You've done an episode on mental health in men and depression in men, which is, I think, is an interesting point maybe for us to end on because it, it's something that's had a lot more campaigns on it recently over the last few years because it, mm. it's, it's a fairly known thing that a lot of men feel like they can't reach out yeah. for whatever reason, the legacy reason of, of you know, men are tough and they don't need to be vulnerable. Mm. Um Perhaps, I don't know if, if this is the case and you, if, because you've suffered from anxiety yourself when you were younger, um, but maybe the podcasting medium, if it is like a bit of a friend, is a way of people having to think about their mental health without having to take the step of talking to someone. Yeah, I suppose it could be. I mean, it would be, it'd be lovely to think that the pod, our podcast could be used as a sort of first step. And that was the guy on the sofa, uh, or the girl on the sofa. For some reason, I thought of a guy, I don't know why, um, in my mind, um, reaching to their iPhone and just flicking through. They've tried a few things on depression, they've tried to read some books, and they see ours, they see a horse, they see Why the Long Face, and they click on it, and it somehow helps them. Uh, Would be great. I mean, there's other couple of things as well that that maybe um, were relevant. Um, Like Tyson Fury, for example. Now, he said some crazy things. Uh, he said some crazy things about gay people, which are completely unacceptable. He's since retracted them, but, you know, you wonder how much he actually actually thinks these things. But maybe he's matured. But one thing he has done is come up and um, talk about his worst year when he retired from boxing. And he said he was never going to fight again. And now he is. Um, and how he got crippled with depression. And how, despite being six foot nine, um, Tyson Fury is, um, this was the thing that floored him. And I think that's very useful to understand that so that the, one of the toughest guys on the planet can be floored by something that's going on between his between his ears uh, and another another occasion I was at a I was at a business meeting I used to do a lot of hosting of business meetings which I really used to enjoy surprisingly and this guy st- stood up uh, and um, he just stood because he was going to do his pitch and we thought he was going to talk about his sales figures and he's going to talk about his successful delivery of exciting IT projects but he just uh, stood there and said I'd like to tell you a story about um, me six months ago it was 4am on September the Second, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I penned my resignation letter because I knew I wasn't up for the, up for the job. I wasn't up to the job. I wasn't man enough to do my job. So I wrote to my boss uh, and, and resigned for, for the reason. And this is a guy who was young, maybe 35, uh, a director of the company, senior director of the company, and thought upon by everybody in the room as a real high flyer. This guy's going to go places. John, his name was. I won't give his surname. And he just stood up there for about maybe eight minutes talking about his story, how basically, in the old days, you'd say, cracked up. But he didn't crack up at all. He just got to the end of his tether. It was too much even for him. High flyer, brilliantly intelligent, very nice guy as well. And you could not hear a pin drop in the room. And I looked around all the hard-assed, hard-nosed businessmen, all of them 40s, 50s, white, slightly overweight, balding, very, very tight demographic. And you could see in their faces, Jesus, this guy's talking 
this guy's talking my story. Uh, and it just made me think, how many of you guys are suffering there? Not telling your partners, not telling your kids, not telling your boss uh, that you feel you can't cope. How much suffering is actually happening in that room? Uh, and that was really fascinating for me. And of course, it doesn't just affect men. But those, those two examples um, are, are those of highly effective people, one physically, one in the business world, who opened up and said, no, I, I, I suffer. I, I get to the end of my tether. I need help. That's the classic one. I need help. And it's not pills. It's not a doctor. It might be my mate. It might be a stupid podcast with uh, a guy and his psychiatrist friend having a bit of a giggle. But whatever it is, I need help. And to admit that is yeah, kind of noble, kind of brave in a way, I think. Um, and, and that's if we can help a little bit with a podcast on that, then I'd be chuffed to bits. Oliver, thank you very much. Pleasure. The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week.